What's up, Internets? This is Chico Leo, and on this episode of Fan Bros, we talk about all the news out of San Diego Comic-Con. We welcome the Dylan from the Decepta Comics. And I wonder why two white men are writing a book about a naked black alien. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Oh, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just gonna hurt you. Really, really bad. Welcome, Internets, to another episode of Fan Bros. The show where the bros are fans or something to that extent. It is your boy, DJ Benjamin, a.k.a. Wakanda's favorite DJ, El Diablo Abogado in the building. The Kevin Bacon of the Internet, the Captain Kirk of the Spaceship, here on Fan Bros Show, the voice of the urban geek. And tonight I am joined by... Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, a.k.a. Lambo Calrissian, a.k.a. the Black Russian, a.k.a. the Black Rogue, a.k.a. the Horror of the Spaceship. Yeah. And also flying in the third seat is... Still Afro-cheeked, still Instagram-less, Chico Leo. <laughs> Chico All Leo right. the Ludite. The Ludite. That's right. Yeah. The Chico Leo himself. I'm playing my lewd in the corner. Where are your are Chico lights? You know, that's the official name. I, I got it. I'll, I'll big you up. Who I forgot who said it on Twitter, but that, that's the name of your official followers. You know, right. Chico. No, I do know. I did. Oh, I, I didn't did know that. that. Yeah. yeah. The Chico lights. Like alkalites, but Chico lights? Yes. yes. Nice. Exactly. I like that. I like that a lot right there. So, you know, the pillows uh, are, are, you know. Are, the body, are, are we still about the body pillows? In you know, production. You know, I gotta, we got we to gotta talk to the Chico Lights about that because uh, the body pillow might be a little bit too much for the first. Uh, <laughs> for, the first for your first converts. Right, exactly. But, you know, we, they, they we're in talks with, uh, with some companies who are interested in perhaps producing uh, Chico Leo face pillows. Oh, my. <laughs> Come God. home from work from a long day at work, and you can be greeted by an image of Chico Leo on your couch, just the face. Kind of appealing. I, I deal me on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, how is everybody doing out there in the world? I hope everybody is good. As always, it's been a crazy week over here at Fan Bros. Mm-hmm. Man, you know, before we get into all the craziness that's going on, I got to make a few announcements because Fan Bros, you know, San Diego Comic Con just ended, and we're all looking forward to New York Comic Con right now. Yeah, because we're actually going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it's bigger and better than San it Diego. It is. Technically speaking, my number is New York is yes. a little bigger. So, you know, hmm. that's the one we spe- chose to be at. That's what she said. Technically yeah. speaking, in every other way, New York is doper than San Diego. I'm. I'm so, you know. I mean. All right. Well, not to hate on our San Diego fans, but yes. We will be at New York Comic Con and leading into New York Comic Con in conjunction with Reed Pop, we will be doing some events at Super Week. Yes. It's, it's lit. Lit, boy. It's going to be crazy. So just to let you know, you can go to 
NewYorkSuperWeed.com and find out more. We'll be releasing flyers, more information on them. But I'm just going to give you a quick preview. Mm-hmm. First off, Monday, October 5th, we got Attack of the Con, the Star Wars versus Star Trek battle debate. Uh, wow. I don't know what you want to call it. Who it, came up with that title? That title sim- slick. Symposium. <laughs> Symposium. <laughs> conference. The final call. Conference. Yeah, got a it. Confer- right. conference. <laughs> that's what we're having. That's right. Uh, that's October 5th, 2015. Uh-huh. Attack of the Con. What else and, we got? Um, on October 6th, the following day, we have the Fan Bros Show live podcast with a special guest that I can't even mention yet, nope. mainly because we haven't confirmed him. <laughs> I was tell the truth there today. <laughs> oh, man. It's always keep it real time on Fan Bros Show, but that yeah. one is going to be a conflagration, boy. It's going to be huge. It's like two epic titans. Did you just use a $20 word? I use a $20 word that probably doesn't even exist. <laughs> But it's like two epic titans coming together to battle and clash. <laughs> so that's what's going on October 6th. And then the final. Well, not the final. We might throw in some more events. Yeah, Who man. knows? But October 7th, Wednesday night, the cross-play cosplay contest. That is by far. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to everything. But that is going to be insane. Insane. We've already got press requests for it. We yeah. haven't even announced it yet, and yeah. people are already looking for it. The crossplay cosplay contest is basically going to be a huge cosplay contest where we are encouraging people to do our new form of cosplay, yes. the crossplay. We want to see female Reed Richards. Yes. We want to see male rogues. Tell it. We want to see white Black Panthers even. What the hell? Oh, what? I'm gonna go, oh, people oh, are going to chew get me apart mad. for that one. <laughs> I, I want a Mexican T'Challa. Whatever. <laughs> Let's go. We want, you know, crossplay, cosplay. Chalupa? We want to see. I didn't go there. S- skinny Amanda Wallers. Skinny Amanda oh, Wallers. Even here we oh, go. Here, here we, go. we go. Chinese katana. Chico, you want me to take off my shoes and my earrings now or later? Like, here we go already. That's right, folks. The crossplay, cosplay contest, October seventh, coming from Fan Bros. All these things in conjunction with Reed Pop and Super Week. We will be bringing them to you. More information coming soon. We just wanted to let you know. Go to NewYorkSuperWeed.com. Go to FanBros.com and find out more. But that was, you know, that's the future. Yes. New York Comic Con. Now we got to look back at the past weekend. Mm -hmm. San Diego Comic Con. Insanely crazy. All kind of things jumping off. All kinds of things jumping off. Skinny Amanda Wallers. Do we got to start with that? Why not? (laughs) Why not, folks? That's right. The Suicide Squad trailer leaked to the internet and then was replaced quickly by a high definition version of it but you know there, there's a, there's another note to this whole story which was hilarious yeah. is that uh the studio behind this i want to say that's warner brothers yeah yes. probably who yeah. knows there's only like three well, studios warner brothers owns dc so uh, any Boom. dc movie is gonna be, it's gonna warner, be on brothers. warner brothers okay so yeah. warner brothers made a statement saying that they were trying to keep the trailer just for the people at comic-con and we're hunting down the people who pirated it from their cell phones. Oh, yeah. They made this big, long, serious post about we don't condone pirating and blah, 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 and so on and so forth. Like, really upset. Yeah, and it's like, for real, dog? Like, everybody wants to see this. You made a high, you know, a great trailer that looks good. It's high quality. Why wouldn't you just let... I mean, of course, 
You yeah. want to let the Comic-Con people get their exclusive for a few days, but don't act like yeah. you were trying to hunt down the pirates and stuff. A- 85% of Hollywood just does not understand how the internet works. Not at all. Really I'd go with 95%. Yeah. I don't know if they understand how technology works because people, everyone has a smartphone right. and everything has, you know, regardless of what you say or, or unless you're hovering over someone like on their head, they're, someone's going to have their camera phone out or something. They're going to take a video, take some type of footage. And actually towards this, someone on Twitter made a really hilarious point. They said the difference between Marvel and DC when it comes to this type of stuff. So they put side-by-side picture. With DC, it was DC's long-ass winded about, oh, we are mad, blah, blah, blah. And then Marvel said, damn it, Hydra. Yeah. <laughs> the difference is, so... The differences right there. But yeah, the Suicide Squaller, I mean, Suicide Squad trailer came all out. People were happy to finally get their looks at it. Yeah. A lot of questions have been immediately answered. I know you got to see Deadshot in his traditional costume. People were happy about that because, you know, the Will Smith shots that have come out before, not really looking like Deadpool. I mean, Deadshot, sorry, you know, same difference, damn near. <laughs> and, um, you know, like. But one thing that really came out of this is I've learned, you know, through the magic of the Internet is that people, some people are not happy about uh, Viola Davis being cast as Amanda Waller because she is not as fat as Amanda Waller has been portrayed before, thus leading to people saying that this is due to Hollywood's fat shaming and body shaming issues where they don't celebrate people of different sizes and shapes in Hollywood. Go ahead, Chica. I had an issue on on Arrow when uh, they introduced, you know, this sweet, fine, young thing as Amanda Waller uh, on Arrow. And we we talked about this last year, I feel like. And it it was an issue then. And I I think it it continues to, I mean, you know, it continues to be an issue. Although, I'm not going to lie, having talked about this beforehand with you guys, I, I do think Ben's position is very consistent with how he's always argued about that they, that people don't have to look like they do in the comics and that that has to do with physiques race everything so unless I, yeah. it has an effect on the story i don't mm-hmm. care you can't have a white t'challa really in a comic book because that doesn't work as the african king of an unconquered nation it does not work amanda waller's fatness does not have anything to do with who she is as a and character that was my argument which is why like i got so upset when i heard that because i was just like first of all this is i okay that as you said hurt to me that the girth of the big amanda waller doesn't have any to me doesn't have any bearing on that particular character amanda Waller. first of all she's also short so but she's very domineering she's very um she boss. is boss like she's she's scary like I mean, what i'm trying to say is everything that signifies amanda waller is not physical yes there's different ways to show her and chico i agree with you that like, i don't like how hollywood likes to skinnyfy uh, certain people because they think that's the way to bring in the money i i get that but this is separate from this whole Amanda Waller situation. Like, first of all, this is Viola Davis. She basically been playing Amanda Waller for the last year right. on on ABC, How to Get uh, How to Get Away with Murder. So, and also Viola Davis is not a skinny chick either. So I don't understand any of the pushback whatsoever. Like, if anything, they picked the personification of this car- of this comic book character. If I ever could have dreamed it, so, and I don't get. The pushback, and I also don't get like you had mentioned, Ben. I mean, someone saying, "Oh, well, you took you took the role away from from a bigger actress." What? 
I I don't get that. And not only just the their role away, but they also say you took the representation away for you know no. big fat black women everywhere. You know, big black women. I don't want to call don't you fat. Don't say big fat. Yeah, black let's just women. say big black women everywhere. You know, you're taking the representation away from them. I would even say for big women everywhere, it's not just big black women, that there are big women who read comics all over the place and they don't have a lot of people in in, uh, in comics who necessarily look like them. And so- They don't, but my my thing is, so you're going to sit here and not to say that there may not be an unknown that, that can play this role, but so you're going to sit here and tell me when they have Viola Davis on the table, who again is literally the person- the human personification of Amanda Waller, you're going to tell me, oh no, we got to find somebody else because she doesn't match the physical description in a comic? And when when that physical description has no bearing on that character as she is, no, no, I mean, I think it's not. It's not like she's, for instance, she's. It's not like a kingpin character where kingpin has always been this big, domineering, uh, physically imposing guy. And my thing is, when you take that away, like you showed up with a little skinny kingpin, I think that would take a that would take away from the story and the character itself. Because first of all, and I think it's in the video games, but first of all, part of his like the way he moves, the way he talks, the way he behaves, and the way that he treats other people also comes from his whole physicality. He's a sumo wrestler. He's a su- yeah. oh, his, that's the, and that's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> part of his identity. I don't think Amanda Waller's size is part of her identity necessarily. I think part of it is that she's short. I'll give people short, that. yeah. Because she always, you know, is supposed to come off as someone who doesn't seem like so intimidating. And then she's looking up at the Batman right. and telling him, I will wreck your and whole Am- world. And Amanda's wall of power, exactly like what Viola Davis said in the in the uh, trailer, is that she makes people work against their self-interest. She's a mentalist. Mm-hmm. Okay? So my thing is her powers lie in the in the mental and her her intelligence and that strength is what needs to be very uh, pronounced not her size yeah I, I mean everything you're saying is is totally on point i guess i'm just i'm just coming at it from a representational point of view in the sense that you know between last year this year and next year there's going to be 50 comic book movies and none of them are going to feature women over 160 pounds and this is the one character that would be a woman who's over which one of pounds. those comic book movies actually has a comic book character that is a woman over xyz pounds well just this one Right. So my thing is, so what? So now we're doing a game of chicken or the egg. No, is there even a I character know. that is even quote unquote that big? Right. Like I don't. The Harbinger film is coming out from Valiant. It features a character named Zeppelin or Zephyr. Can't remember which name she goes by. Mm. She's definitely a big woman. Yeah. With powers, who yes. is a, me- a member of the team. There. That's for my. Uh, that was my other point. There are. It all depends on what you read. It, you know, if you read mainstream comic books all the time, you're gonna get. You know that there's not a representation like that. Because my thing, like again, like like as as what we're all saying here. First of all, first and foremost, these are characters that are drawn or written by other people in other genres, comic books, and all the other stuff. So if there's no base to go by, how do you just randomly introduce? Okay, well, let's just throw a a woman that's of a certain size just to appease whatever demographic we're coming up it's with. not it's not an appeasement thing like no you don't hear anybody complaining about will smith playing a character who's white in yes the, you in do comics. yes you do uh, i've yeah, heard do. it i've well, heard those, i've heard it just i as feel much. like this you, is you a hear, different just, thing this is but just different... like how you heard even to this day ben i mean has said it earlier how you hear to this day people still complain about wolverine hugh right. jackman really because he's too tall really? yeah he's too tall all this all this time once again someone who was pretty much perfectly cast and that's what you're still no i know about? i mean no. i haven't heard the wolverine 
Wolverine thing. As oh, much. I hear but, it all day but and night. I, I, I just think it is a slightly different thing with the the female, the big female thing. Mm-hmm. Look, but that's also because it... the cat, the creators, and I'm sorry to cut you off, yeah, but I'm that sorry. that pisses me off because first of all, the creators that have made these characters are not drawing bigger women anyway. Right. You have Amanda Waller and maybe one else, like you said from the Harbinger Harbors, but who else? I mean, there's others I can't women. name off top. Yeah, there's that women you can too. name off top, but like you said, that and that depends on what you read. Yes, if, and these are not. And first of all, half these characters aren't even mainstream, but somehow they're bringing them to the forefront. Yep. Uh, and then characters that are maybe fit that mold are not mainstream, and are they are they enough where they're going to bring them to the forefront in a movie? I think so. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe. right now because Hollywood is you know focused on making money, so they're going to keep on. Yeah. So they're going to bring out a lot more characters. You're going to see a lot more variety. Because you're already seen it. Like I said, the Harbinger comic, I mean, is being turned into a movie. I'm sure people are working on series. Like, I mean, like we have, you know, Milestone just announced that mm-hmm. they're coming back to D.C. That features all kind of different characters of all kind of body shapes, sizes, yeah. races, whatever you want. And so they're going to make these into movies, too. So, And at the end of the day, these are these are movies that are going out to mainstream America. 90, not, I'm not, okay, that's a high number. A lot of people don't even know who these people are, period. Period. And that's the thing. And not going to know, oh, well, Amanda Waller's supposed to be bigger. Well, you know, I feel something. Like, no, that's no. not even going to enter the equation. Ever once in their head. And that is ever. true. On the other hand, you know, the, the, they, they, they start out marketing to the fans of the comics. Yeah. No, you're right. Most people who pay money to see Suicide Squad don't know who Amanda Waller is. But hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who spend money do know who Amanda yeah. Waller is. It, 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 and hundreds of millions of people, uh, excuse me, millions of people also know who Viola Davis is. Right. No, no, it's and, true. And I, honestly, I'm more happy that they picked her and picked the dark-skinned woman that actually, to me, could resemble and actually pull this off right. versus some random woman that is actually skinny, real skinny and light-skinned and all this other stuff. No, and she has gravitas and authority. There's that's nothing what I'm saying. You against, have to, yeah. and, and that's what Amanda Waller is. It's about gravitas and authority. Nothing else, man. No, most definitely. I'm sure, you know, this movie's not coming out till next year, so we're going to hear a lot more about it. But there was a lot of news from San Diego Comic-Con that we got to cover as well. The Batman versus Superman trailer. Trash. Yeah. Eh. All righty. I <laughs> guess that's about it for Never, that. Yeah. I liked seeing Wonder Woman, but for a second. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, and, and let me be clear. I'm not trashing the movie. I haven't seen the movie yet. The trailer is not a indicative, you know, it's not indicative of what the final look will be because to me it looked like a poorly done sizzle reel where it was just random spots yeah. here and there and, and with FX that wasn't exactly 100% done. My 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 comment stems from the fact that I don't like the way the trailer. The trailer looked weak as f- yeah, I, I, I like the Avengers trailer for Avengers 2 much more than I like the movie, all three of the Avengers trailers. If this trailer is better than the movie, then this is going to be the worst superhero movie ever made. Shit. Wow. Six Leonard Six. Wow. Um, I wasn't as down on it as the rest of the fan bros seem to be, but I also, you know, like if you follow me on Instagram, DJ Ben, I mean, you can see my video where I watched the Star Wars behind the scenes. And you cry yet again. Yeah, not really. It, it, <laughs> it didn't get me. The, the, there was no music at the end of it. The okay. music was what always I've realized, you know, it's that final when the horns come in that and the everything. the John Williams music? Yeah, when the John Williams music comes in, it's like Pavlov's dog. It's always the music, yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's Absolutely. it. I'm starting to cry. But when I sat there and watched the Batman vs. Superman trailer, I just sat there kind of like, I even videotaped myself, but it was kind of me just sitting there like, like okay, <laughs> yeah. So I was, you know, it was cool, but I wasn't definitely as down under the jar. Um, I thought it no was. Trash. I thought Wonder Woman, you know, and Godot looked. I didn't like the way. I didn't like 
that oh, God. section that, they chose. It that, was just awkward. <laughs> that poor woman can't win, folks. She cannot win. I'm not, and like you said, we she might be fat. And like I said, this is not my indication of what I think the movie's going to be. The trailer just sucked, in my opinion. All right. Well, trailers that you probably thought were a lot better also was the Deadpool. Yes. And uh, a little leak of the X-Men Age of Apocalypse I think that is this now this X Men Apocalypse. I'm not sure what they're going X-Men with. X Men Apocalypse at this. Oh, no more Age of X Men. Age of Ultron probably stole yeah, that from them. Yeah. yeah. The um, Deadpool trailer. Deadpool trailer was dope. Yeah. Um I I was saying Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is having a field day because he's finally getting to play the one character he's only wanted to play his entire life. And doing it right. And doing it right. It might be the best costume translation yet. Oh yeah. Wow. I, I, yeah, man. Wow. I mean, I'm not disagreeing. Yeah, that yeah, suit looks strong, ill. Strong I know, but his suit looks like Deadpool. And the eyes, you know how they're making the eyes expressive, even though they're white. You know, His mannerisms. I mean, everything. Everything. I mean, to me, he's like another, he's like another, um, what's his face? RDJ is Tony Stark. Like a person who, to me, yeah. really yeah. is yes. Definitely. intrinsically that yes. character. No, I feel you 100% on that. And he loves Deadpool, which makes it even better. Yeah. yeah. And I just thought it was great. Like, they're doing the fourth wall breaking, like, slightly so far in the trailer when he's like, you know, don't make my suit green and animated. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> referencing the Green Lantern nonsense. I love that. Because that is like... An essential part of Deadpool, and I hope they really go hard. The four, in the breaking movie. the fourth wall. Yeah, 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 definitely. They need to go all the way in with that. Oh, they're gonna go crazy. I yeah. already know. No, and I, it's I R- rated R. They got it. Yeah, I got faith in this one. So those definitely look good. You know, we got much more news from San Diego Comic Con. Much more news in general. Big special guest on the show tonight. We're gonna take a quick break right here, though, and we'll be right back with more Fan Bros. This is Axel Alonso, editor in chief of Marvel Comics. When I'm not sitting at my desk ruling the comic book universe, I'm listening to Fan Bros. Welcome back, Fan Bros, to this supercalifragilisticexpialidocious episode. We have been joined today by someone very special, actually. One-fifth! <laughs> One-fifth of the comedy super One-fizzith! That's 20%. I plead the physics. <laughs> five dollars worth of this comedy super group. Oh shit! Why you gotta be five? I'm joking. Bro? I'm no, joking. No. We have the comedy super group. One one guy of the comedy super group, the Deceptive Comics, who are five malevolent comedians that are brutal, merciless, and hilarious. Their purpose is only to conquer and destroy the audiences. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Dylan from the Deceptive Comics. <sighs> oh, thank you guys for having me. Welcome to the spaceship. What's up? It's a dope ass ship. You guys, yeah. you, know, you can see the Milky Way and shit. It's dope. It's true. That is absolutely <laughs> was true. That, was that not on purpose? Yeah, no. Was that not on purpose? The, don't, so, talk, don't talk about things the audience can't see. <laughs> so, Sir Dylan, um, you mentioned that you have some AKAs that oh, you want Oh, yeah. All right. Dylan Stevenson, the Dylan one on Twitter, a.k.a. Shabba the Hut, a.k.a. <laughs> R2-D2 Chains, a.k.a. See My Three POs, a.k.a. The Black Seth Cohen, a.k.a. Blade the Day Sleeper, a.k.a. <laughs> Dalsim Sima, who got the keys to my beamer, <laughs> a.k.a. Cold Stone Steve Austin, a.k.a. Old Quirty Bastard, a.k.a. Darth Algar, like Garth Algar from Wayne and Garth, a.k.a. Barry Allen Iverson, a.k.a. Han Solo Balance Alert, a.k.a. Mr. Steel Girls Wi-Fi. Is that, is that too many? That last 
slow. No, no, that was not enough. No, that was not enough. That was epic. Wow. I stopped myself. I was like, that's 20s too many. I think that we might need to cut all of our audio and just have like a big build up behind it. You know, like with the trailers. Yeah. You know, just for all that. Like that was. Inception. Yeah. I like to big, big everything up before I bring it down. I'm sorry that I'm only one fifth. That was my fault. I'm just joking. I was just joking. I'm sure you guys did drop. Are we going to have two of the Decepticons? No, no, no. Uh, no, we not, But now the rest of the group's going to be mad at me. That's okay. That's okay. We, we'll get them on the next time. But we All have right. you, so we're really pleased right. to have you. So welcome to the show. Thank you, yo. You guys are dope. Like, thank, thank you. Thank you for representing for Urban Nerds. Oh, of oh. course. Of yeah, course. Yeah. And you guys represent for Urban Nerds. I mean, tell the audience who the Decepticomics are. All right. So the Decepticomics, uh, we're five dudes. Who were, like, we were doing stand-up comedy kind of on our own. And we actually linked up mostly through Twitter, just like through like we realized we kind of had mutual followings and fan bases. And we decided that we wanted to do like one show in New York altogether because uh, Sarone Russell uh, mm-hmm. is from D.C. Uh, Mike Brown is from New York. Gordon Baker Bone and John Miners are both from New Jersey. Uh, and Sarone wanted to come up and do a show in New York. So we decided to do a show in New York together. Uh, and it just like it, there was so much love and support that we just decided to kind of become a group like just off strength of that. And we've toured and like done shows all up the East Coast. We've gone mm. as far as Houston together. Uh, we're trying to put together some shows for Atlanta later in the summer. So like, we're just five dudes with similar sensibilities who have different takes on blackness, on nerdiness, on mm-hmm. just the social scope of America. Uh, and we feel like we we're bringing something new to the table. Go ahead. Yeah, how's the reaction been to y'all once y'all formed this crew? Has it been like, have you discovered that there are a lot of a lot of people who are into this black geek nerd comedy. It's it's there's like since there's five of us, like there's a totally different scopes of nerdiness that we all inhabit. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. me and John Minus are really heavy on comic books. Okay. Uh, Gordon Baker Bone is like a he's a fashion nerd and like shoe nerd. Like he he's a sneakerhead. Like he he brings like four different pairs of sh- shoes to him like to a New York show and like switches in between all of our sets because he has to have the right <laughs> pair wow. of shoes uh, Sarone like he's just he's he's an old anime nerd like and a mechanic so like he knows like machines and engineering and stuff and Mike Brown uh, is a video game nerd like we all come with like different flavors of it uh, and, and we just come from different angles so there's something that somebody's going to be able to relate to at our shows uh, and, and the audience has been it's been amazing like we only get to do shows like this because the audience is there like we have such support when we go to dc it's crazy because it's 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 a twitter-based audience but then they all tell their friends and mm-hmm. like and it spreads and it expands beyond that like we have such social media support that it's it's probably like 70 percent of our audience and then the rest of it all is just like word of mouth and then wonderful people like you who let us <laughs> rant on your programs and such so thank you and give us a million aka's <laughs> that's hilarious so so who came up with the name uh, probably John. Well, who's going to take credit for coming up with the name? I won't, cause like I'm, I'm the one who was the least Transformers fan base. <laughs> like it's Decepticomics, Decepticons. Yeah. If we ever make it big, we'll probably get sued and have to change the name. <laughs> of course. Uh, so it was, it was somebody else. It wasn't me, and I was like, you know, I'm not going to come up with a better name, so I'll roll with it. Uh, and our logo, it kind of looks like the Hellboy logo. Like it's, it's like a microphone in that BRPD. Okay. Uh, kind of. So you guys script. just straight stealing so, yeah, all so sorts of stuff. Yeah, we're going to be in such litigation <laughs> troubles if we ever start making money. So somebody talk talk to a lawyer for us. Uh, but yeah, that's cool. So you mentioned that you both, you well, all of you met on Twitter. 
I mean, so you guys, like, how is that whole dynamic between all five of you? Like, when you all are in one room together versus you guys are tweeting each other. But when you're in one room with all these, I guess, well, I don't want to say egos, but all these personalities, how does that work out? Uh, we've all we've all been in the game for different lengths of time. Yeah. So, like, I'll, Sarome and John have probably been in it longer. So I'll look at, like, Sarome as, like, a mentor a little bit. Mm. And then me and Mike are both heavy in the New York scene. And he's like, I'm okay, I'm probably the least important member of the Decepticon. Oh, don't say no, that. No, like, you know, <laughs> uh, like comedy wise, because Mike Brown is like, he's popping in New York. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's, if you, he's on web series and stuff. He's, he's performing at all the clubs. He's got a dope show comedy outliers. Awesome. Uh, and John and, and Gordon, like they have their own shows out in Jersey and like everybody's doing their own things real heavy. So when we come together, uh, it depends on where we are. If we're in the road, like going to a show, John's driving, he's usually stressed out. Uh, Gordon's probably always got a bottle of Henny that he's just rolling around with for some strange reason, trying to get everybody <laughs> drunk. Mike Brown's the one who's about the business. Yes. And Sarome seems like the father trying to like control all of us and like just annoyed and done with all of us at all times. Gotcha, so gotcha. It's different dynamics in different places, but once we hit the stage, we're all monsters. So you guys are like the lions on Voltron. Like two of you are the legs, two of you are the uh, the arms, and then and I'll form the head. Yeah, and I'll I'll, I'll be the Achilles <laughs> heel. Right. Like, I'll do that. What like, <laughs> 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 a self deprecation, man! You can't shortchange yourself, man. You're That's, a funny dude. You guys have had. I feel like I've listened to some other comedians you've had, and it's like they're like comedians are supposed to be self deprecating. Like you got people who have like accomplished things. It's like, what are you guys trying to do? You guys are trying to like show <laughs> show people can be successful in comedy. I'm here for the other side of it. The I'm broke in New York and just had to just had to sneak my way into the subway thing because my car wouldn't work and the people at the station platform yeah. wouldn't listen to me. Like I'm here for the self deprecation comedy. That's what I do. That's You're here hilarious. for the struggle rap. Yeah, the struggle I'm, I, rap. yeah. Like I'll be the struggle struggle mixtape comedy. Like please come to my show. Like I do free shows and nobody comes. Like that's what I'm that's what I'm doing out here in these streets. Oh my god. That's what I'm out here in these streets. Well, you're rolling with us, kid. You're gonna get some. Uh, yeah, some you're you're gonna I get there now. You got, like their studio is so dope. Like you guys, are, <laughs> you guys are on the top. It's not a studio, floor. it's a spaceship. Spaceship, your spaceship's so dope. It's on the top, uh, docking bay of <laughs> of the intergalactic uh, triumvirate. Okay, I'll stop talking. It's uh, a wretched hive of scum and villainy around here. That too. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You were talking about your Twitter presence and how you all met on Twitter and everything, but you've also like I know you've had some drama on Twitter. Mm. What celebrity has blocked you? Nobody blocked me. Like, I don't take pride. Like, not that I know of. Like, I know a lot of people take pride. Like, they'll be like, oh, I got blocked by so-and-so. Action Bronson. <laughs> he, yep. seems like, he seems like a happy, jovial guy. You have to nah, see. nah, nah. I'm nah. not that happy on Twitter. Uh, no, yeah. um, my one celebrity thing, uh, it happened during the Mission Impossible 3 uh, promo. Wait, that was the one Paula Patton was in, right? Which one? Was yeah. That? Mm-hmm. All right, so... It was me and Robin Thicke. We got into it. Oh, oh shit. A, a lot Are of people. A lot of people credit me with ruining their marriage. That saw what happened on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not gonna take credit for what it. What did you say? I got like I just saw like there was some red carpet thing for Mission Impossible Three where I saw them together and like I got upset because I was like he don't deserve her. Mm-hmm. Like he don't. De- but what did you say? So I I was mad. So I just started tweeting him a whole bunch of stuff like yo I'm gonna take her from you dog like yo I'm a I'm a snatch Paul. Oh you Patton. started challenging you him. I started adding him. I was like you don't deserve her or whatever. And the thing that like he responded to that like I sent it was a it was like a meme of Wayne doing the uh she will be mine. Remember from Wayne's World? Yeah like, yeah. She will be mine. Oh yes. I sent him a picture of that and he just sent back like three words that just ethered me. It said good luck buddy. <laughs> <laughs> And it blew up like everybody that had 
like seeing me like talking mad shit. Like they were like following, and then they saw him reply back to me and like killed me. And then he kept atting me. Like he kept saying stuff back to me. He's like, "You got great taste," and she tastes great. <gasps> wow. <laughs> Why are you talking to me about Paula Patton's pussy? Like what? <laughs> That's your wife. And then whatever, like four, how many ever years later? Mm. All that shit goes down. They break up. He's not appreciating her. And then he's dropping albums trying to get her back that are terrible and flop. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I could take her if I wanted to. But I don't even want her now. I would take her still. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my one big celebrity tiff. Like that, yeah. you know. But I mean, you, okay, I, I I don't even want to call that negative. That's funny as hell. But, you know, besides, like, maybe people getting mad or mocking, you also do a lot of great things because between you and Tarome and the rest, like, you guys do a lot of, like, viral tweets. You, you guys have a lot of viral tweets going on. And, and it's not just pure comedy. It's also a lot of social commentary as well. Like, for instance, um, Brie Newsom, when she took down the, the flag the first time, when she took it down, and you, you did this whole thing about her. You said House of Newsom. Like, I, you remember what you wrote. Oh, like, it was like it was like taking off of anytime anybody gets introduced in Game of Thrones. Yeah. They, they got 40 million, a.k.a. Yeah. It's like the last of her. So I made, like, Brie Newsom kind of like a the last of her name, Flag Slayer, and, like, all that kind of thing. And the tweet right. took off. It's, I mean, we're we're black dudes growing up and living in 2015 like if we're gonna have we have to have some kind of stance on a lot of the shit that's going on like mike brown's name is mike brown even mm -hmm. if he's not going to take a big like political stance or social stance on something he's got to comment on you have to. the fact that there was a kid named mike brown who got gunned down like mm -hmm. so we've all you know we've all got our opinions on things hopefully we're on the right sides of things like mm -hmm. Occasionally, one of us will have a joke. Like, we don't censor each other, but, like, somebody will have a joke about something. We'll be like, are you sure you want to say that? Off stage, you know, we got a lot of black people in our audience. Like, you know, make sure mm. you're on the right side of what you're saying. Like, but it's comedy. Like, you can't always censor yourself or or not say what you got on your mind. So we always try to come at it from a way that's hopefully productive and hopefully that's saying something that needs to be said. Just in, in light of that, like, a lot of comics, when you're well, they work on their sets, like, on the road, and a lot of comics will say sometimes we have to go over the line to figure out where the line is, and we, we like to do that on the road as opposed to, like, in our hometown or in our big HBO special or... <laughs> I mean, isn't there, isn't there a little bit of that, too, where, you know, dudes are trying to figure out where the line is, and sometimes you do step over it in comedy. I mean, comedy is comedy's dangerous. Yeah, like, when, when we come to, uh, together to do our shows, that's like our that's like our Avengers movie. Like, that's right. like, you know, we all mm -hmm. got our solo projects or whatever. I think I'm like Hawkeye and Black Widow, where I don't really get my own movie, but, like, when I'm on stage <laughs> with the rest of them, when I'm with the rest of them, I get my shine. It's like, oh, I got a family now. Like, nah. Uh, so, yeah, like, we... we I make sure I got my shit together once I'm with them. Like, right. I, like I'm working on my stuff, like and whatever open mics and whatever shows I'm doing. But then, like once we're all together, like I don't want to be the weakest one in the crew on stage. Yeah. Right, so it's no like, one does. Yeah. yeah. So you know, there will be shows where like somebody will have an off night, and it's like I know I've seen you do it better, and we'll be kicking ourselves because it's like I don't want to have an off night when we're doing a Decepticomic show because because we got such a social media presence and like people are people tweeted like a lot of other shows would be like Take, put your phones away don't people would tweet at our shows like well there was Sarone wore a suit one time that was like an old man suit and there was a hashtag Sarone suit as the show was going on so it's not even just <laughs> it's not even just like the material like we just got to be on point with everything because yeah. if, if if we ever have a bad Decepticomic show everyone will know about it and that may be the end of it like that'll be yes. like they'll tear us apart and we'll try and come back but it hasn't happened yet so we're gonna keep rolling Yes, yeah, so 
it sounds like you embrace like the culture of social media and have that be part of your act, basically. Yeah, like we know, like you know, we we know what's gonna happen. There was one time when like I got up on stage and almost tripped and fell, and I was like, God damn it, I'm gonna be like it's gonna be Dylan fell down or some shit. Like mm-hmm. we know what the deal is. We know the scope and the and the world that we live in today. So we embrace it. We try to be at the forefront of it and ahead of it, and we enjoy it. Cool. All right, we're going to have much more in store, but right now we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Fan Bros. What's up, y'all? This is Jay Smooth from IllDoctrine.com. And when I'm not in my closet looking for my back issues of Brother Man, Dictator of Discipline, I'm listening to Fan Bros. And welcome back, Fan Bros. I don't even have to ask you because I know you've been enjoying this episode of Fan Bros Show. We have Dylan in the house tonight, a.k.a. Barry Allen Iverson in the building. <laughs> talking about practice. <laughs> Singing about practice in a real deep voice right now. That's what's going down, but you know what time it is, Fan Bros. It's one of my favorite segments we have here. The Geekwently Ask questions god the guac is extra. the guac segment man you would have me say that jesus <laughs> i hope y'all enjoy that anyway on guac this week we have isaiah izzy g gentry longtime fan of the show yes, sir. soon to be contributor asking are producers in hollywood underestimating the potential of wonder woman in films regarding this upcoming batman versus superman film and her own solo film so uh, I I don't I think they've just been messing up Wonder Woman. They've wanted to do Wonder Woman for like twenty years, <laughs> and there's been some. They even shot a pilot for a TV show with Adrian Palicki. Mm-hmm. They got Joss Whedon on board. They've definitely had. I mean, they've put millions and millions and millions of dollars into Wonder Woman, various Wonder Woman projects. I just think they they don't have a handle on the character. Yes, and I would even question whether DC Comics themselves has a handle on the character. And it's, you know, there's been some good runs on Wonder Woman, but uh, you could argue that the 70s TV show with uh, Linda Carter was the best, you know, incarnation of Wonder Woman. And if, if, you know, it was the only, you know, (laughs) it was only fully baked incarnation. I I also love her to death on uh, Justice League Unlimited. I thought that was one of the best representations when they had her have a relationship with Batman and stuff. That Mm -hmm. was ill. And also, uh, Brian Azzarello's Yo, uh, latest run. latest run of Wonder Woman is mm-hmm. incredible. But but as a live action ad- adaptation, I could that would be of like two hundred million, five hundred million dollar film to do what they did in that comic book because it's full of gods yeah. and craziness, and there's just right, a lot. Right. But but live at what I mean is Wonder Woman bringing her as a live action real person, flesh and blood. Like I I, f- I feel you, Chico. I feel the same. Way. I just feel like. I don't know. I feel like they have this no excuses. Just keep messing up. And I don't know if it's because they don't, I don't want to even say the word appreciate, but they don't take it seriously as much as they would with another character. For instance, Wolverine, again, Wolverine has some horrible ass movies, but you see that they kept, they kept uh, tweaking it. They kept working at it, kept getting it going until it actually clicked. Whereas I feel like with someone like Wonder Woman, they're like, oh yeah, we don't know what to do. Hands up. That's the end of the story. I think it may be a thing of like DC, they seem so preoccupied with Batman and Superman that they're scared to do, they were scared for a long time to touch anything else. Mm. And then they went on and said, you know, let's do Green Lantern. We could do something else. And that fell flat on its face. (laughs) 
And so I think, like, the, yeah, the, I think they're so scared of messing up Wonder Woman on a big scale that they, like, held back on it for so long. Or, like, yeah, but they did make small attempts with Adrian Palicki and the, right. the, right. the pilot. Those weren't even small attempts, though. You Those can't are big. Josh is huge. Josh is huge. Them, but them missing missed. out on Josh Whedon is, like, that's the whole reason Marvel's but how could you? Right how could yeah. you F that up, though? Like, how could you F that up? Like, you had something to feel like it's, there's no excuse. You have every opportunity, and y'all messed that up? I've never seen that pilot. I know it was online for a while, right. but I've never seen it, so I don't know how it went so horribly wrong because it seems like that was just money in the bank. But I also feel like, like you said, I think DC right now is, they're not in the position to have another mistake. You know, like, they're not, a, their studio can't afford a blockbuster film to flop. And they've already had flops. And Batman vers- and Batman, I mean Superman, Man of Steel. While it wasn't a flop, it critically got bashed to death. So it's like they're on a real like. I'm sure after that they were like, "Yo, okay, what is going to bring us money?" Wait, Man of Steel is the one from like ten years ago. No, Man no, of Steel is the now. one that just oh. happened. Yeah, no, the people, one ten years ago was a flop, right? Yeah, that was yeah. a flop too. That was a flop. Green Lantern was a flop. They've right. had super, you think it's Superman? Cat, Catwoman. That's, that's Catwoman. They've had flop after flop. So it's like they're they're not they're trying to mess made it together. Up. They're not trying to mess it up right now. They want to make sure they have a hit. And if you go out on the street and be like, "Yo, I'm gonna have Superman and Batman fight in this movie." That, Sold. See, <laughs> yeah. like, that's and, it. Th- and that's why they're hinging everything yeah, on and, this. And like, they're then, like, all right, we're going to put Wonder Woman in this. We're going to put Cyborg Yeah, because in they know put, that everyone's uh, going to go wait, see this. Wait, are they putting Cyborg in it? Cyborg's yeah. coming. Yeah. It's going to be a It's Batman no, they, versus Superman. They said he's going to put a clip of, you know, like a little. Stone. Yeah, like a Vic Stone type of thing. But see, the thing is, I also feel like this is probably a self-fulfilling prophecy for DC, WB, whatever. Because, again, towards your point, Dylan, like, they sit here and they they focus in so much on Superman and Batman that the general public, that's all they really understand and focus on. So then that's all they're sitting here waiting on. And like you said, when in the street, they go, oh, look, a, a movie where they fight. Everyone's on board because that's all they know. Yes, but also I have to argue, even though I don't think they're that connected because obviously the moves they've been making, the TV and you can't say that DC is not is ignoring like they're stable characters just because they're doing Batman and Superman because on TV but not on the different media but for instance animation is their animation is their animation been cracking and they've been had everyone in it even on TV they've got Flash and Arrow uh, with lots of supporting characters yeah. Yeah. So it's got like, but what is it about movies there? that does not translate because movies are a big budget enterprise that they cannot afford to have fail right now that is all there is to it I you know mean, it's like Marvel so, you, so they directing out Man. of fear yeah Marvel had to do Iron Man. If Marvel couldn't, if Marvel had, had the rights to Spider Man and X Men, they would have knocked that out the part first. There's no way they would have done Iron Man. So people are like, "Why are they just focusing on Batman and Superman?" Because they own Batman and Superman, and that's their money. It's mm. like you know, that's and one woman, like we said, like I love the Azarella run. I love other issues she's been in. But can you name me Wonder Woman's arch en- enemy off the bat? Uh, that Cheetah, not Cheetah. You damn cheetah. sure, <laughs> you damn cheetah. sure don't want to see cheetah. her fight a Cheetah woman in a movie. So let's move on. You know, it's real. It's like there's a lot more. But if you say Batman fights Superman, that's why. Like I so. said that it, the, the money thing, they couldn't do like the Azarella run. But that's that's what made me start identifying with the characters. I'm a huge Greek mythology nerd. Mm-hmm. And when I heard they were doing like they were playing up her Greek mythology, oh, it is so ill. I encourage everyone read that Brian like Azarello. There's run. only a couple of books I read at DC right now, and it's Batman, Wonder Woman, and like a few others. Like that's it. Fire. Uh, but another thing, Marvel, yeah, they got the swag where they're they understand now that they can make people care about characters nobody thought they'd ever care yeah. care about. That's why I'm impressed. Like DC's doing Suicide Squad, yeah, because like they're, they're trying to get on that level. Yes. Where it's like, well, we can make Guardians of the Galaxy. Nobody yeah. knows who they are, but here they go. Like we mm-hmm. can. 
Ant Man, he's a tiny man. He, he's got ants. So I'm not really. Love them. Yeah. But their approach is two totally different things. Oh, so definitely. But they have to mm. be because otherwise people would be like, if they did, like, because that's what, you know, Isaiah suggested to me. Why don't they do, you know, a Wonder Woman movie before Batman versus Superman and then, you know, have that be the crux? And it's like, they can't take that chance right now. They can't be that different. It's, you know, these things are huge. Thousands of people working, hundreds of millions of dollars. Hmm. It's a big thing. The other thing is I think there's something schizophrenic about the character of Wonder Woman. Like the Brian Azzarello run is all the Greek mythology stuff, but then there's all this superhero yeah. stuff, and they never are able to sort of combine them. And I, it might be – uh, this had been a theory of mine like 10 years ago, and it might have passed, but I also feel like Xena – took a certain amount of she's an amazonian princess diana is an amazonian princess and so it took some of the thunder away but now xena is also i guess like 20 years old and, <laughs> yeah like uh, there, there's people who this yeah, kids this, grow up right, that have, have no, no idea, idea who the hell xena, xena is but that, that might have been an issue like 10 15 years ago that it might have stolen the thunder a little bit but it's true in both the comic and in other things they've never been able to reconcile the superhero side of wonder woman and the greek mythology side i mean like some people are going to expect her to show up in a movie with an invisible jet Whereas Thor, <laughs> no, but Thor, like, they were able to have Loki in the Avengers movie. They were able to work the Norse yeah. mythology stuff into the superhero stuff in the Marvel stuff. They're just, they're just operating on but a that's different what level I just think it's their teams. The their teams, their squads is not on the same no. level. Yeah, the cinematic right. squad of DC and Marvel are just not there. So it is what it is. But we also have one more guac question. It's actually from LSN fam, Mr. Combat Jack himself, Reggie Ase Esquire. Ose. Oh, say sorry. He asks, yo, Fanbro show, why are the top cops in the Avengers, the Flash, Suicide Squad, and even Arrow black? You got the answer, Sway? <laughs> I damn sure don't. Other than the fact that it's just the common trope to have a black officer, you know, I mean, a black head officer who's mad and angry. You know, Ice Cube played it brilliantly in 21 Jump Street, you know, that is <laughs> Do you think like, it's just a trope thing? Yeah, but the dude in Flash is definitely not angry. Yeah, D Diggle's he not. Sh he should Diggle's be. No, no, Diggle's Arrow. No, I'm talking about yeah. the, the, but, the Iris's father. Sorry. Yeah. But, but They don't always have to be angry then, but they got to be black. You know. <laughs> Murtaugh, you know. What I was trying to say was, you know, Arrow has Diggle, and then you have, you have Amanda Waller, and you have Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson. Of course, you call him Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Nick Fury. <laughs> That's the most spot on casting right. besides. You know, so, Robert so is Downey. your response just simply it's kind of a, a trope, a funny trope? Like, what do you? Um, I mean, no, I there's 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 deeper sinister things there. Those characters don't generally need to have home life. Like, you know, Iris's father doesn't have a sex life. Like, he's a black man with no sex life. Diggle actually <laughs> has uh, a sex life and and has a white wife. You but think we're gonna see Amanda Waller get down. Well, now with now <laughs> that's a whole other that's a whole other thing with, with the way they're casting Amanda Waller. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm down to get down with her. Oh, and and, and I'm, I'm to back to. <laughs> Okay, you fucked that up for me. <laughs> but oh, and 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 this is kind of backtracking a little bit. But rem but technically, Angela Bassett played Amanda Waller first. That's true. So in, in Green Lantern or what? No, what was it? It was in the fucked yeah, up yeah, Green Lantern. Yeah, movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably the best part of that movie. Uh, yeah. But there is something about that, though, what I'm talking about. Like, these people don't have to actually, yeah. they're just authority figures. They're not people. Although, mm -hmm. Flash, again, I think, like, that dude is, you know, arguably the dopest guy on the show. He's, well, definitely Barry. One, he's definitely one of them and definitely has a lot of humanity to him, even though, like you said, he doesn't really, you know, get to go out on dates or have any right. other thing. 
Um, yeah, and then, I mean, even Orphan Black, you know, the one cop that you see constantly is a black dude. You know, it's, um, maybe it's like a reverse thing where it's like, you know, we want to show you in positions reverse of power. Reverse authority? You know, like we can, you But know, you said they're always angry, so then that's going on an old racist stereotype that we, black man or the black woman's always angry. Yeah, well. And screaming and yelling and shit. What, Dylan, what's your take on this? Do you have a take on this? I didn't, like, it's just blowing my mind. Like, I didn't even <laughs> consider all this. I, I mean, like, it's, you know, they've, they ultimatized. Nick Fury made him the Samuel Jackson iteration. Amanda Waller's always been a black lady. Like, and they're the two that run. Do you think secret- it's a conspiracy, a C-O-N-spiracy? Yeah, it's, it's got to be a conspiracy. Anything black has got to be a conspiracy. Like, <laughs> we got to, like, make something Illuminati-ish about it. You know what? I'm saying this, and I already know the answer, but I wonder is there fan fiction out there where Amanda Waller and Samuel L. Jackson get it on? It's, it's still Samuel Jackson. It's always Samuel Jackson. You know somebody's about to put that on. No, that's now. already written. That's you know, if you say it, it's been done. That's how the internet's work. They yeah, they say there's more co- uh, Kirk Spock like slash fiction than a human can read in a lifetime. So I'm quite sure. There's definitely Amanda Waller, Waller. Nick Fury uh, stuff. If not, that. that is awesome. Somebody <laughs> out there, get to it. All right. Well, that is it for geekly asked questions this week. And if you ever have a question for us, you know, it can be something like this. It could be anything. If you need some personal relationship advice, whatever, you want to know what to buy when you go grocery shopping, hit us up <laughs> at Fanbros Show on Twitter or contact at Fanbros.com if that question's too personal and you don't want all of the Twitters mm-hmm. to see it. And with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Fanbros Show. Yo, this is Damian Lemon, and when I'm not uh, scrolling through X Video Bees or whatever other site I like for pleasure, I'm listening to Fan Bros Podcast, Loudspeakers Network. Peace. And welcome back, Fan Bros, to this super exciting episode of Fan Bros Show. We have the Dylan, a.k.a. Shabba the Hutt, in the building, <laughs> the spaceship tonight. One-fifth of the Decepticomics. That's right. And you know what time it is. It's time for the rap segment, the rapid-fire questions. We got the Dylan in the hot seat. Are you ready? Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> you want to sweep the room? Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, mad relax. <laughs> well, damn. Yeah. All right, ready? I'm your guest. I got to do, uh, do what you guys are doing. All right, all right. Number one, the Falcon or War Machine? Uh, I got to go War Machine. Uh, even though, because he's not even Falcon anymore. He's, he's blacked in America. And his bird died. Like, that's messed up. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, but actually, I heard they're going to bring Red, Red Wing back in some form. Or, oh, is yeah, he coming yeah, back yeah, after Secret back. Wars? He's going to come back his- as Jon Snow. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, uh, Luke Cage or Black Panther? I got to go Luke. I'm like, I'm in Harlem. Like, you know, he's out here, baby. You know, Luke Hero Cage, for hire. Yeah, man. He went to jail, didn't do anything, got superpowers. Like, that's best case scenario for most black men out here. Mm. <laughs> the Wire or Breaking Bad? Uh, the Wire, because, like, I haven't even been able to watch it a second time yet because it's just so intense. Like, mm. I could, I'll go back and watch uh, Walt kill Jesse's girlfriend 30 times, whatever. Oh, like, jeez. <laughs> I still can't. Where's Wallace? Like, that's st- that still hurts me. Where's like, Wallace? <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Yo, yeah, right, come sad. on, man. That even even though I hate on Michael B. Jordan now, like, I, but I can't because he's so dope. Oh, God, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> 
I Magneto or Professor X? Uh, that was another one. I gotta go Professor X because I forgot I wanted to be Magnegro in my AKAs. <laughs> I forgot that one. That's the one I forgot. I might have to steal that one. Go ahead, take, take All right, it. Thank you, bro. <laughs> oh, is that me? Yeah. Oh, Judge Dredd or Judge Judy? <laughs> uh, Judge Reinhold from uh, Night Court. <laughs> nice. Night Court. And, yes. Uh, and um, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. All Roll right. With Eddie. That'll work. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He's in that. He's crushing it. And he's in the brink, too, right? Ain't that the same dude? Isn't he in the brink right now? No. No? All right, sorry. Uh, Teen Titans or X-Men? As much as I love Teen Titans Go, uh, Mm. X-Men, like, you know. Does does anybody ever say Teen Titans? Yeah, a few. Yeah. Yeah, A lot of people like Teen Titans, bro. You know, it's... It's It's from the cartoon, though. No one's saying it from the the comic. (laughs) I was so mad, like, when Young Justice got, like, canned that, like, I didn't want to watch Teen... I didn't want to enjoy Teen Titans Go at all. And, like, I caught an episode, and I was like, this is hilarious, and I hate how much I love it. Yeah, no. Young Justice, though. Man, way too soon. Wait. That's like, where's Wallace for me? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Peter Parker or Miles Morales? Peter had his run. Like I gotta go, Miles. Now, like you got, come on, young, young Eminem, get, get get him out there, babe. Jawas or Ugnots? Jawas, because I'm not even. I'm showing my non nerd. Yeah, no. Nah, all right, we can cut that. Was, that was, <laughs> Ugnots are the dudes who put the little short dudes who put uh, Han Solo in the carbonite oh, in Empire oh, Strikes Back. Little pig dudes. I'm ashamed yeah. that I didn't even know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. I'm the biggest Star Wars fan. Oh, in the it should world. be Jawas or Ewoks. Actually, that would that be that's a little better. more understandable. No, now, like, uh, keep that on. I want people to know my shame. Like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. All right, uh, what character's death struck you the worst? What character's death struck me the worst? Oh, Could shit. be books, movies, TV, anything. Oh, man. I know there's something that, oh, this isn't even the worst one, but it's just the one that, like, I think of right now is a Wash from, a uh, spoiler alert, uh, Firefly. Or nice. Serenity. Mm. Yes. Like, <laughs> I'm so glad they died. No, he's good. No, no, I'm saying I'm dope for the serenity. What is he as the whole thing? Like, I am a leaf leaf on the wind. wind. Yes. Like, that's (laughs) Josh. Yes. I've never seen him this happy. That's Josh Whedon at his most. Because he just loves to, like, kill people and have you, like, be hurt. Like, that's him, like, being like, I gave you this character. You love him. He's gone. All right. Nice. Here's the big one. Star Wars or Star Trek? It's Star Wars, but I am mad. I am so mad at how much I enjoyed those those last two Star Trek movies. Like I'm glad J.J. Abrams is not doing them anymore because I don't want to have to enjoy Star Trek anymore. What? Because because <laughs> I was so like I was so like anti Star Trek for so much of my life, and then I saw those movies and I was like. Did I miss out on something? No, because those movies are like the opposite of what Star Trek is I all know, about. But like, <laughs> Wait a minute. But See, no, no, like, I know the I, slander every effing week. I know. That's <laughs> slander. I, I'm sorry that I had to answer no, this way because I hear how it goes for okay. you every week. You see every week, right? I, you're the guest. You can do that. No. Ben, I mean, I sit with every but freaking like now, day. Now even I got to go back and like I got to go. I got to. I'm, I'm putting it off, but I got to go see what I missed. You do. Like, 
Yeah. You do. Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and those I, are worth your I watched, time. I watched Enterprise when it came on. And I was no, like, that's not the one you watched, bro. <laughs> no, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's like coming in on, like, the wrong album for an artist. Like, my first, like, The Roots album was Phrenology, and, like, oh. I enjoyed that. And that's the one people, like, if you like The Roots, it's like, what the fuck, you like Phrenology? It's like, that's the one I, that's <laughs> I like Phrenology, but yeah, it's that's, also, yeah. That's the one I came in on. So, like, that was, like, I tried to give Star Trek a chance, and, like, I know it's not the one Enterprise to talk about. Enterprise messed you up, bro. That's I know it's not, not the, the one, one to talk about, but it's like, all right, I guess I can. Could it could have been the album where the Roots uh, teamed up with John Legend, so it could have been uh, could, could have been I, worse. Have been worse. Right. I forgot, that's the only one I don't own. Yeah. I, about <laughs> I don't think many people own wake that up, one. Wake up! Well, the Chrissy Teigen owns that one. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, the Fresh Prince or the Cosby Show? Fresh Prince, fresh. Like I know people like not even like dissing Cosby thing. Like I, I, I watched Cosby and uh, Different World as an adult mm -hmm. just going back but like i grew up with the fresh friends like that's come on all right jj abrams or jj from what's happening <laughs> <laughs> what the hell i like the alias so oh not what's happening good time sorry <laughs> i don't really like to said that oh man sorry I'll go abrams old ass <laughs> y'all old y'all so old um I, I did not ask that question no I'm gonna put a little bit of a spin. This is this is this is a little bit off the internet, but a little bit of spin to one of our regular questions. Would you rather fast zombies that are dumb or slow zombies that are smart? That's Jesus a good question. Christ. Hmm. Putting some intelligence on fast zombies that are dumb or slow. I think I could. You saying dumb? Like that just makes me feel like I could play with them and like mess around <laughs> with them. Like, like throw a But brain. they're fast. Remember that. They're fast, so if they get you, I don't know what happens That's next. just like messing with, like, the neighborhood dog. But, like, you, you still would run by with a stick on the train. Like, I, so I feel like I'd play. Like, I would probably die. I'm not going to survive <laughs> the zombie apocalypse. Either way. So, like, I'm going to do something stupid and fun. With, so, fast zombies that are uh, dumb because I want to have some fun. Like, the slow zombies that are smart, like, they'll get they, they'll outsmart me. I'm not smart. Yeah. <laughs> that is not they'll a set, good look. They'll set a trap for me. Like, I'm not. I'm not. Mm -mm. Good. I'm not go dumb. No. All right, what's your favorite Wesley Snipes movie? Uh, I'd probably have to go Blade just because, like, he started the whole, like, comic book movies can be cool shit. Like, you know, uh, I know I, I walked out of, uh, I know you guys have asked this question before and people are, like, always trying to remember, and I'm always thinking, like, how I walked out of Drop Zone. That's, what is wow. that? That's a terrible Blade, uh, not Blade movie, Wesley Snipes Wesley movie. Wesley Snipes movie. Where they're like, they're robbing people, but they jump out of airplanes or something. Like, they're parachuters <laughs> who what? Like, jump out of airplanes. It's terrible. What? So if you want to watch a bad jump to jack you. <laughs> it's like, you know what? You know what? You like Money Train? How about if they did it from a plane? plane. <laughs> and and didn't was, have Jennifer Lopez. Lopez. And there's no Jennifer Lopez titty. <laughs> or, or, or Woody Harrelson. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't like that very much. All right. And finally, if you could have any one superpower, what would it be? Uh, I was going to say uh, super speed, but I heard somebody else say like Flash stuff. So uh, my favorite obscure X-Men character is Phantom X. And he does like this, Ooh. like, he does like this reality warping misdirection shit. And I feel like I could make use of that on stage because comedy is just misdirection. Like, you know, they don't expect what you're saying. So I feel like if I had that superpower, I could not be a terrible comedian. So. Wow. Wow, you just referenced Serenity and Phantom X in one brap segment. Boy. I gotta like, I got a fan bro like hard. Oh, yeah, because yeah. yeah. you, you guys have like guests who are actual people. I'm just a guy. Like I gotta <laughs> here like, we go again. I, got, I, got, <laughs> this guy. I, I gotta lean in on my nerdiness. Like I, I can be here. <laughs> now you earned your card. Yeah, yeah man. definitely did. Card. All right. 
right, we're going to take another break right here, but we'll be right back to finish up this episode of Fan Bros Show. My name is Jamie Brodnax from Black Girl Nerds, and when I'm not tweeting about nerd culture, I am listening to the Fan Bros Show. Welcome back, fan bros. You know what time it is. We got a lot more news to get to. And right now, it is time for my third favorite segment of the week. But this week, you know, it's actually moved up in range because we got some big news. But you know what time it is. It's time for Tech Talk with And this week is actually very, very sad. I, I actually was really depressed when I heard about this. But... Unfortunately, the president of Nintendo, Satoru Iwata, died on July 11th. He died, according to Nintendo Japan, of a bile duct growth, which is a form of cancer. Um, For those who don't know how amazing this guy is, this guy was pretty much responsible for a lot of people's childhood and like really getting you into video games in the first damn place. Um, um, Mr. Iwata was basically the i had no idea but he was like the g of all programmers like he programmed earthbound um from like like it came when he got it it was a mess and he just reprogrammed the whole damn thing he programmed a lot of the pokemon stuff that you that people really got into early days like gold and silver things like that um your favorite characters kirby all those people like he was really the catalyst for that he was there in the beginning when the GameCube came out and all that stuff and say what you will about the GameCube but that was that was a revolutionary thing that they brought about and even the games that that utilized that and of course he was there for the big original Wii and mm. i mean and that like just completely changed the video game industry so i definitely i think we should have a moment of silence for Mr. Owata. Definitely. Respect to you and your family. Thank you for all the great memories. I know he was involved with mad stuff, like you said, Kirby. I know, like, mad characters that, you know, are just, like, household names damn near. I mean, and anything you you played on, on GameCube, N64, like, oh, N64? He, he, he was around. Like, he, he, he came in through HAL Laboratories, which is, you know, um, it's part of that whole group that, that again, I said Earth Brown and all the other stuff, but then think about it. That's also connected to all the Pokemon stuff. Um, it's connected to Smash Brothers stuff. Like when Smash Brothers Melee got hot, you know what I mean? Like all that stuff is all connected to him, man. And it was just really sad. The tributes were were beautiful on Twitter and online and just everywhere. And like I said, I think that's the this the main thing y'all have to know that this man was just awesome. And you know, sad that he he passed. So young. Most, he was fifty five. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Rest in power, brother. You know, like I said before, thank you for all the great memories, everything you did. N64, I just want to say real quick, I remember, like, when they first showed the controller for it, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, how the hell am I supposed to hold this joint? And then, like... <laughs> and that felt good, Oh, it? man. And then, like, you know, 2,000 hours of GoldenEye later, I'm like, ha, you can't take this out of my hands, you know? Right. Like, he was also, you know, he was pretty much... And when I say responsible, obviously there's so many people in Nintendo who are responsible for many things that come out, but he was the head of it. The DS, Nintendo DS, another revolutionary... I mean, just crazy stuff. Like I said, responsible for pretty much the video gaming childhoods of millions and millions of people. So everything, man. Yeah, word up. All we can say is thanks, you know, eternal gratitude to you. And that brings us to my favorite segment of the week. Yes. Comics Comics I I I Copped. 
And boy, this week, comics I copped is in fuego. <laughs> Lord of mercy. You know, first off, some news that's popping off. Grant Morrison, you know, who I continually and constantly stand for anything and everything he does, has become the new editor-in-chief of Heavy Metal Magazine, which is insane. Chico Leo, I know you are hype about this. I am hype about this. I mean, we'll see if he can sort of bring Heavy Metal back to its heyday. If people don't know, like in the 70s, uh, it was a European, more adult comic, um, sci-fi Maybe even back into the 60s, but very, you know, like H.R. Giger, the guy who uh, designed the alien, was doing like artwork for them. And that's Mobius. Where Scott Mobius, exactly. Um, Joe Dorowski, the guy who almost directed Dune, was writing. So it, it, it was it was an extremely influential thing in the 60s, 70s. I don't really know what happened to it if it stayed around. There's actually a show on the sci-fi channel, Metal Herlant, that is based on the, the properties from Heavy Metal. That was That's its French name. And Grant Morrison is the kind of mind, I think, to, uh, to bring really crazy sci-fi stuff. Um, and if they can get the artists, you know, and, and maybe... Uh, you know, it could breathe breathe new life into the sort of sci-fi genre of comics. I definitely think it will. Grant Morrison, you know, like I say again and again, is an effing genius. Also, another Grant Morrison news, he's going to write more multiversity stories, which was his uh, crossover stories for DC that came out last year. I heard something from over there that did you enjoy uh, multiversity? No, I didn't. I yeah, I heard away. a snicker. I stayed away. Just Really? Cause I don't like I tried with I try with DC I can't sometimes like I I have to highly recommend I mean not every issue of Multiversity was on point but like that Shazam issue was insane There's another joint um with some alternate world superheroes that I mean it's it's a ill story in general Grant you know I'm a Grant Morrison I don't, I don't have anything bad to say about it. I just stayed away from it but like you know th- yeah Grant Morrison's amazing sometimes. yeah you know. he's also writing more Batman stories uh black and white will be the title of those the all of this will be coming out I think later on this fall or next year so mm-hmm. look for it but boy like I said comics I copped is in fuego this week and man I, I read a comic this week called Strange Fruit, written by Mark Wade and J.G. Jones, who also illustrated the book. So Strange Fruit, call back to Nina Simone's Strange Fruit? Definitely a call. Billy Holiday, Billy Holiday. Yes. Okay, I know it. To me, Simone, that works too. Right, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, Kanye West. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. A call back to it. And I read this book today, you know, because I'd heard about it all week, but finally I got my hands on a copy, read it today before the show, and I was like, okay, it's interesting. But then I Googled because I wanted to see what other people were talking about it, and that's where I found out. Uh, Strange Fruit is uh, it's a very interesting take. It uh, takes place in like the 1920s in America. And so it's very racially charged. It's happening on like a sharecropping situation that's going on. At the beginning of the story, there is a massive flood heading towards this, you know, place, this uh, former plantation, whatever you want to call it, where these people are sharecropping. And the white people are, some of the white men of the town go together and try and get the black people who are, you know, been working on um, whatever, you know, filling up sandbags to stop this Mm -hmm. flood from coming in. Mm They're partying at the end of the night, and they're like, no, we must work all through the night, you know. And even though there's white people could do it, you know, you yeah. Negroes get out there and, and fill them <laughs> bags of sand. Oh, shit. 
one of the dudes runs off from this group, you know, and runs back to his um, uh, planta- former plantation where he lives at, mm-hmm. sharecropping. His plant- former plant I don't know what the fuck the sharecropper lords <laughs> call these people. <laughs> sharecropper lords, the Sith lords. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the Ku Klux Klan <laughs> comes through looking for him, you know, since he okay. ran off from them. His white people defend him and say, you're not coming on. We pay all our Negroes a fair wage. You know, you get out of here, Ku Klux Klan. You know, he, you know, go find somebody else to work. They're like, whatever. You know, we'll find them ourselves. They chase this guy down. Right as they're about to come up on him, a meteor comes flying over this whole area, crashes into the ground. Coming out of this meteor is a naked black man. This, you know, was it Wesley Snipes? Unfortunately, not. Wait, like he's from the stars? <laughs> yes, like he's from the stars. Um, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> when the meteors come from space, that's usually <laughs> what it means. That's the general direction they're coming from. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, the sharecropper Ku Klux Klan men see him. You know, they are trying to kill this other brother, but they see this naked black man. They try and get them both. The naked black man is obviously an alien, possesses super hard skin. They shoot him. Nothing happens. He picks up a tree. Badly wounds one of them. Oh, that's escalated quickly. Yeah, very quickly. Badly <laughs> wounds one of them. They run off. Pretty much into the issue with the dude. The you know the dude who was running in the first place and yeah. this naked alien, <laughs> who wraps himself in a Confederate flag. This is the last page of the um thing. Shut the hell the, up. The other dude said because he's like, yo, you're naked. You can't walk around like this, dude. Uh, the alien does not speak in this whole issue. He just you know responds trying to. So he's like, you can't walk around like this, so uh, put this on. And he put wraps the flag around himself. The last line is, oh, yeah, them white folks really ain't going to like that. And that's the last page of the issue. Now, when I read it, I was like, okay, this is interesting. I immediately Googled this. I knew Mark Wade was a white guy. But I Googled J.G. Jones. So I'd seen his work before, but I wasn't sure. He's definitely another white dude. So then I Googled to see what people were saying about it. Mm-hmm. And after 11 on Twitter, uh, she's an author. She wrote a very... Good piece for it for women write about comics.com. Mm-hmm. And wow. Um it, she attacked it for a multitude of reasons. First of all, there's a strange fruit graphic novel that yeah. came out a couple of years ago that celebrates black women okay. in comics and whatnot. So she was already like, you shouldn't have named it this because, you know, there's already this and you're appropriating, mm-hmm. you're using stuff. Mm-hmm. She was really upset at the fact that half of the story or most of the story is told through white people. And like I said, it's like there's these things like where white people in the issue will be like, nigga, you ain't nothing, you know. And another white person will be like, no, these Negroes are good. You know, <laughs> instead of the instead of the black person himself standing up for himself, it's like there's right. white people, you know, attacking and the white people defending because, you know. It's like, you got to show that, you know, no, not all white people are racist, you know, like, you know, no, even though in the South, you know, when, and after we obviously formally owned you, not 40 years before this. Yeah. Hashtag you know, not all racist. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, we're not racist. We defend our Negroes. So it's an interesting story. She also attacked the fact that the black dude does not speak in the issue, you know, that he represents yet another stereotype mm-hmm. that we were talking about of the big black strong you know, fearful man who's just, you know. Mm-hmm. And then her final thing, or I mean, after a bunch of other things that she didn't like, she really just did not like the fact that, you know, at the end of it, the dude is wrapping himself in the Confederate flag and it's like, oh, these white people ain't going to like this, you know. And it's like, once again, what white people are going to like or not. And 
Mark Wade has said this is a deeply personal story to him, which also is really kind of crazy. How is that from, a deeply? He, I believe he comes from North Carolina. I might be wrong. Yeah, about he says that, that his grandmother Southern, a, yeah. told him stories about the South. Right. I thought I thought his grandma told him stories about space Negroes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Much doper. <laughs> he, he escaped from a space plantation. <laughs> Some space white people. That would be even better. So, um, yes, even though this is in comics I copped, I really can't recommend you buying this book. It's funny because it's one of those things I just like, mm, you know, I don't know. I really like the art. I think J.J. J.G. Jones is a great artist. Mark Wade is a you know pretty competent writer. He's not one of my favorites or anything, but he's written some great stories. This one, though, I just don't know you. I, I'm really going to keep reading to see how it turns out. It's from Boom Studios. Shout out to them. But... They're catching some flack I've seen already, and unless the story takes some type of turn, which I doubt since it's already been written and, mm -hmm. you know, done with by now, it's just waiting to be published. I don't know, man. This is one of those ones that they might have bitten off more than they could chew with this one. You just blew my mind with that whole story. I was just sitting here like, what? Yeah. <laughs> no. well, also, this comes on the heel like a heels like a year ago. The Annie Lennox did a cover of Strange oh, Fruit. Oh, God. You got to remind she, everybody of that. She did all these Travesty? interviews where she never mentioned the word lynching or she never wow. mentioned which is what the song, song is, is about. about. And um, other things. yeah, so uh, you know, they, and it's, it's weird. a sort of weird choice. I, I, I they I, also I announced this book on the the day, the anniversary of Dwayne McDuffie, rest in peace, in, of his death. So it's like you know, Dwayne McDuffie, who's one of the founders of Milestone, one of the you know kings of bringing diversity to comic. It's like, well, you know, we're gonna announce this either on his death or his birthday. I'm not sure which one it was. Like, hey, you know, we're doing two white guys. We're doing a comic about black people in the twenties. You know, but see, look but at us. But see, this also reminds me of of the of, of big argument that people make that for some reason, quote unquote, white people in America are obsessed with slavery, and that's why we keep getting movies they like damn sure Twelve are. Years a Slave yes. and all those other stuff. Because they don't want to, you know, sad to say, most white people don't want to admit or you know understand that they're complicit in it, but they still want to be at a, you know. It's the guilt. Like, are all these? What like I'm saying are all these projects that's them reflecting on their personal guilt and absolving themselves of their yeah, guilt through yeah, their artwork. That's like, what they're trying that... to say. Yeah, it's like you know, I showed you this so I don't have to deal with the fact that <sighs> slavery is still affecting people to this day. It, mm. You know, it, it's definitely interesting. Like I said, strange fruit. I would not recommend buying it, but you know, if you happen to. <laughs> Find he the said copy. all that just to say, I wouldn't recommend buying it. No, though. but if you happen to find the copy somewhere, read it. You know, that's all I'm saying. Five finger discount. Hey, they're out there. Mm hmm. All right. Comics I cop, like I said, pretty hot this week. Also, you know, real quick, as always, I got to shout out Walking Dead. They've been running bi weekly for the whole summer. And Jesus Christ, the end of that last issue, Dylan is over here shaking his head, boy. Yeah. I, I mean, no spoilers. We can't give it away, but God. I was reading in public and I was. I was at a Central Park Summer Stage show, and everybody around me was happy. And I got to the like those last pages, and I was like, I was hurt. And yeah, like, a crowd of happiness. Ugh. Yo, shout out to Robert Kirkman. You know, 144 issues in, and that bastard still knows how to kill a, somebody and make you feel it, boy. Ugh, Lord, Lord, Lord. And some other big news that I gotta let y'all know about, boy, DC is finally making, well, not finally, in animated films, they're always making great moves, but they're gonna, their next batch of animated films are going to contain a bunch of classic storylines, and the one I'm most excited about is The Killing Joke. 
Wow. Yes, The Killing Choke will finally be made into an animated film. Oh, that's going to be sick. Straight them down, that was the book that made me like Batman and Joker. Like, before mm. that, I gave no Fs about either of them. And after I read The Killing Joke, they both became two of my favorite characters. So mm. hopefully they can get that right. Also in animation news, DC as usual, still running it. They got the Vixen trailer dropped. Yes, so excited what? about that. It looks so good. Yeah, uh, Chico, you said that some people are having some problems with it, though. I know. I just saw on Twitter that Col- Cola Booth did not like it. Man, listen, really? <laughs> really? Yeah. We said that her. she wasn't brown enough? But I, something like that. I mean, you know, Cola Booth's Sudanese and uh, Somali or Sudanese. Yeah, so, you know, she's got a little bit of a, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Vixen right. herself is an African superhero, heroine. Is she? I oh, thought she was. She has she's her, like from she's her Tantu. Don't say totem. she's from Detroit. <laughs> yeah, she's from Detroit. That's what I mean. Is she? That's the Africa of America. Right? Oh, <laughs> Come on, guys. Oh man, they both been ravaged. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, Jesus, hey, hey, true story. Uh, also in DC news, the Flash season two confirms Jay Garrick and Zoom. And I called this from the first season that Zoom would show up in the second season. And Wally West, too. Oh, and Wally West. Yeah. yeah so, I, yo, The Flash, like we've said on this here many a time before, is absolutely me, probably the best uh, yeah, superhero, superhero TV show. show ever made. Mm. So I'm super hyped for season two. Jay Garrick means the whole uh, alternate worlds, Earth 2 is going to be coming in. Wally West, they've already said in future series that. They might even do the trial of Barry Allen. Like, <laughs> they are going on and on. And, you know, unlike their movie department, the TV shows, you know, with the Vixen animated series trying to cross over with the live action Arrow and Flash, plus what's the, the League of Legends. Wait, wait the Vixen thing is going to cross over? Yeah, with crosses the, oh, I didn't, over. I didn't yeah, they, they, in the trailer, they're in it. Flash oh, and what's his name? Uh, Sistro is right. in the trailer. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, it's serious. He names that, her. He's like, I'll dope. call her Vixen. You know? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he names everybody. Yeah, so no, it's they, they are in fuego right now. I mean, huge. Yo, and Tatiana, something that's up your alley that I, yeah. I actually turned to last night. I don't know randomly, yo. Did you did you get to watch? Yes, this? I did. What you think? Because randomly last night I'm sitting there on my TV, you know, I hit the guide and I see Raw, and I'm like, yo, let me just watch Raw. <laughs> I have not watched this, you know, in oh. years. Let me just see how it's doing. I remember Tatiana saying that it's you know back up to snuff. It's back up to snuff. And I turned it on right at this moment, which seems to become a historic moment last night. B. When all the divas were arranged in the ring, what is it? The NXT wrestlers. The NXT, which is basically like the 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 next the next step right before you get to like Raw. Or SmackDown, whatever. But NXT, and, and honestly, those girls are better than the people on the main roster right now. But last night, or not last night, but but the Monday Night Raw. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! So to say to explain, like you said, they they took out the the current divas, which is the Bella Twins, and then and then Alicia Botch, and then um, they brought out the NXT divas. They brought out Charlotte. Who is actually, if I'm not mistaken, that's Ric Flair's daughter. Woo! The that's nature, nature boy. boy. Ric Flair's daughter. Woo! They bought her out. They bought out Sasha Banks. They bought out um, Becky Lynch. And they went hard at it. Like, it was, it, 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 it reminded me of the old days. The yeah. good old days of, you know, the 90s. <laughs> and, wrestling. And the, and the crowd reacted with the great chant, 
this is awesome. Yes. <laughs> and that chant has never been said at a Diva match in years. Yes, if ever. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really proud of WWE for actually calling up all these young ladies that are, like, they've been ready and, like, really letting them set it off in the ring right now. So hopefully they'll keep it going. Like, they basically built three stables of people. You got Naomi and, and, and a few other people on one end. You got the Bellas, and then you got the new NXT girls. So I am just so excited to actually have this workout. I am Team NXT after watching that show last night because NXT uh, is sick. Yo, what's her name? Uh, Ritt Flair's daughter was Charlotte. putting Charlotte was putting in work <laughs> last night, yo. But like I'm saying, people don't understand. That's what I'm saying. People don't understand how sick the divas are. No. Like sick. But the problem is, what do you see on Raw and the main shows? You see all this little roll up bullshit and all this corny shit. Like, come on, man. And that's definitely a downgrade because I remember when I was huge in the Raw and all that. When uh, what's Shorty with the tattoo on her arm? Redhead. She had this big. Oh, Lita. Is that Lita who had the big like uh, tribal oh, face no. tattoo on her arm? I think it was Lita. Oh, what? yeah, she used to. Was she doing Santan bombs? Yeah, with, putting with, with in the mad work. work. Yeah, that's yeah, Lita. yeah, that's yeah. Lita. Putting in work, yo. So that, I'm glad to see they're bringing that back. But I also have to say, I kept watching right after that. And man, wrestling. Why do you still have the brothers fighting the brothers? Like, why? Okay, well, me- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I won't. I won't dwell too long on this. But I don't know what the writers. I mean, every every year, no one knows what the writers are doing. What, what WWE creative is doing. But for whatever reason, this year they want to put every black man against every black man <laughs> on the Raw roster. You got the New Day sucks team of of, of Big E and them, and then. You know, and Xavier and, and Kofi. And then you have... I'm so mad Mark Henry is still wrestling. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> but he's still good. He's still got it. Okay. And then against them, you... And what they've been going on, it's this feud for the um for the um tag team belts. You have the primetime players. And <laughs> like you said, and then, and then for, because it's three against three, they, they teamed, him, teamed the primetime players up with uh, Mark Henry. And like you said, for whatever reason, they just want all the black people to fight each other. Well, it contributes to the uh, black on black crime statistics. So it works yeah. out in racial arguments about <laughs> black on black crime. I, yeah. I mean, I mean the, the, now, get me wrong, the matches was, were good. Like the, all the matches yeah. between all of them are very good. And I like the I like the banter about, you know, behind it. I like all the promos. All that stuff is great. I like the dancing. You like the dancing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> dancing in the videos. <laughs> but um, yeah. So so like I said, WWE's getting better. Definitely so happy that they're actually letting they're calling up the divas. They're letting them do their thing. I don't know how I feel about the whole black on black crime quota being filled <laughs> right now. But hey, at least they got them up on the, on the primetime screen. True indeed. And like I say, Team NXT all the way. Yeah. All right, Chico. You know what time it is. It's time for your third or your fourth or your fifth favorite uh, <laughs> favorite, favorite segment. Uh, you know, it varies. Right. Depending on your choice. So this came out uh, or, or, or came on, uh, started streaming a while back. It took me a little while to get to it. Um, and so one of the reasons I wanted to big it up is that it, uh, it took me too long to get to it. But Transparent on uh, Amazon is really good. And it's uh, it's streaming on Amazon, and it stars Jeffrey Tambor, who you might know as the father from Arrested Development, and and he's been in a million movies, and he was on the Larry Sanders show. He uh, basically uh, makes the transition um, from male to female, and it basically the cascading effect of it on his family and how they react and how um, it, it's just really well done. And I, I have to admit, like, I, I heard that it was really good, like, six months, nine months ago, whenever it first dropped. And I was always like, yo, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. 
And I finally did, and I was like, yo, this is really good. And so I just wanted to uh, to big it up. I've tried other things on Amazon. I don't I don't think any of their original programming is really up to uh, mm-hmm. up to this or basically up to par. Didn't basically, they win an award? did they? Uh, not a Tony, but um, uh, an Emmy. That he might have. Yeah, he he so. might might very well have. It's definitely really worth checking out. Um, not just because the the transgender, you know, between Laverne Cox and. Um, Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner and all of that, uh, but just uh, it, it's really good. It's acting. Everyone can relate to stuff in there. Um, I stupidly maybe or ignorantly thought like, oh, there's probably not stuff that I would relate to in that, and that definitely wasn't the case. So I definitely mostly, you know, usually rely on or or, or big up stuff on the the service that rhymes with Metnix. <laughs> <laughs> These get worse every yeah. week. Well, you know, got to got to rep the orange and blue there. Um, anyway, Amazon is doing it with this. I mean, they seem to be just throwing stuff at the wall, but this definitely sticks, and you should definitely check out check it out. All right, transparent. Yeah, on Amazon. Yes, good one, Chico. Good one. All right, man. Well, that brings us to the end of another amazing episode yes. of Fan Bros Show. But you know, since we at the end, we have one more thing we got to tell them. Oh, what's that? The person who won the T-shirt this week. Oh man, how could I forget? Because our latest hashtag, the sweet blood of T'Challa. <laughs> Was all so over good. the internet, almost as big as uh, Tyler Robot's animated black girls this week. Shouts to Tyler Robot. Yeah. Woo! Hashtag King Tyler Robot. That's also the guy who created uh, Chris Rock's original teeth. Uh. Yes, th- this boy right <laughs> here. That's three in a row in Fuego. Yes. So, yes, that's right, folks. If you didn't know, well, now you know we are giving away a hip hop and geekish t shirt, sometimes two, sometimes three, every week. All you have to do to enter is use our hashtag of the week. Like I said before, this week's was the sweet blood of T'Challa. And this week's winner is... Tao Sue on Twitter. Yeah, I would have F that all (laughs) up. So Tao Sue on Twitter, you are the winner. Come on down. Alright. That's right, Tao Sue. You are the winner. You get the t-shirt. What is it this week? I think it was the Iron Giant joint. Yes. Yes, yes. 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 it was yep. the Iron Giant yep. joint. That's man, that was so trill. So yes, that's the winner for the hip hop and geekish giveaway. Mm-hmm. Congrats. Please remember to enter chetfanbros.com for our new hashtag. You know, follow us on Twitter and Instagram so you'll see what the new hashtag is. You can enter. You will be a winner one of these days. I promise you. A winner is you. That's right. Anything else before we get out of here, Tatiana? Yes, let's thank our guest and, and guest host of the evening, Mr. Dylan thank from the Decepticon Comics. Of course, I we put up with you. You always act like you're such a nuisance. <laughs> thank you. I no, but but again, thank you and thank you to Decepticon Comics for always being funny and and actually you know being there and present for social issues that affect people of color, things of that nature. Can you please tell the fan bros where to find you, where to find the Decepticon Comics, and any events that are coming up? Uh, well, uh, on Twitter, I am the Dylan One. That's the number one. Uh, you can also follow Sarome Russell, Yo Mike Brown. Don Coyote, which is John Midas, uh, and at Baker Bone, all on Twitter. 
Uh, we got two shows coming up in August that are really big. Well, three shows we're doing uh, New York City on August 7th and two shows in D.C. on uh, August 8th. So just check our hashtag Decepticomics on Twitter or find us on Facebook and you can get information on those shows. Uh, and I'm also writing for a website Slant News, so you can find a bunch mm. of nerdy stuff on there. Uh, so thank you guys for having me. Hopefully you guys can have some of the rest of them and yeah. uh, get some, you know, some real representation here. But uh, thank you guys. This is dope. This is real fun. You're very Where? welcome. And thank Absolutely. you for joining us on the spaceship. Tatiana, anything else? I think Chico has something. All righty. So I uh, just wanted to uh, shout out to friend of the show and uh, fellow, uh, where'd you guys go to school again? H-U? Yes. Howard so University. fellow H-H-U, <laughs> uh Yeah, Ta-Nehisi Coates came out with yes. uh, a book this week and a uh, great, great cover story in New York Magazine, but just wanted to shout out uh, Between the World and Me. That's uh, the name of the book? That's the name of the book. Mm-hmm. Dope. I'll be picking that up this week. Yes, and he's absolutely. he's doing the rounds, so you might be able to catch him on one of the talk shows, um, a lot of magazines. But I actually thought the New York Magazine article interview was really good, and the article was good. Um, and so uh, shout-outs to, uh, to Ta-Nehisi Coates, and good luck. Most definitely. Also, while we're giving shout-outs, I said this on Special Delivery, but I want to give a big shout-out to Maude Arnold and Chloe Arnold, the film Tap World is in theaters right now. It's in New York, D.C., and Virginia right now. It's been extended to August 23rd, no, to the 23rd of July. And it's a really dope documentary about tap dancing and how it affects culture around the world and, like, the interaction between different forms of tap dancing and different forms of rhythmic dancing from other places like South Africa. Mm-hmm. Just a really dope documentary. I've been peeping a lot of good-ass documentaries, uh, Fresh Dressed, about hip-hop, mm-hmm. really about hip-hop clothing throughout the years. Really dope documentary, Rubble Kings, about New York in the 70s. Yeah. Amazing film. A lot. I, mean, I saw three great documentaries, but support independent film mm-hmm. made by black women Tap World in theaters in New York, D.C., and Virginia right now. Go check it out. And also, since we're shouting out people, shout out that dude, DJ Ben Amin, who dropped his <laughs> new mix, Africa is Love, full of Afrobeat music. You can get it on DJBenHamin.com. I hear that joint is fireworks, boy. Heard that dude put it down with that joint. <laughs> Crazy, yo. Check him out this Friday. Also, he's spinning at Red Rooster in Harlem alongside DJ MoMA. So, word. I like to cha-cha. Hey. <laughs> what? <laughs> Stay woke. Fan Pros. 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 Fan P